welcome back to An Oral Account. I'm here with Ella Goldwater. Hi. And we're going to be speaking about Yoyoi Kusama. One, I want to say that Ella is my most frequent guest on this podcast, which is so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm very excited to have her again, obviously. And two, I want to speak about why we chose Yoyoi to speak about in this episode. I don't know why I'm, like, talking about her as if we're, like, friends. Like, I can't call her Yoyoi. Yeah, Kusama. I'll call her Kusama. We were speaking about our favorite artists because me and Ella have... shared passion of art and art history and I was telling her because she has a pop art is for everyone Andy Warhol shirt and I was telling her that I love that shirt because Andy Warhol is my favorite and she was telling me how Yoyoi Kusama is someone that's very special to her and I remembered that I've had some experience with Yoyoi with Yoyoi Kusama's work and I thought it would be interesting if we did an episode together. Ella took art for her A-levels in England and she'll tell you about that because she did she did some research about Kusama and her schizophrenia and everything like that. So Ella, you, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, you Kusama is one of my favorite artists, and I can't really put a finger on why exactly it is that I'm so drawn to her stuff. But I think it's because it's so incredibly original that you look at her work and you are immediately drawn to the immersive qualities, particularly of her work. So it's just so original and stepping inside one of her pieces because her pieces are very often framed as rooms or galleries that you physically step into and then you are within her artwork it's a really incredible experience to be in there and to be surrounded by her work but also her relationship with mental health is something that lots of artists share but particularly for her I think sets her apart from other artists because her artwork potentially we you can explore and debate whether it is a visual representation of what's going on in her mind because she suffers from what people have thought to be schizophrenia so it's really influenced her work and it's really interesting to see the relationship between them and as molly said i took art for a level but i also took psychology and i'm going to do on to do liberal arts at university and to look at these two subjects combined together in the uk so i'm really really fascinated (laughs) by this relationship between art and psychology because i think they work really well together to complement each other so that artists mental health can be explored but also psychology can be represented in artwork and Kusama is just the epitome of art and mental health combined in one person's work. I thought it was very interesting because when I was first introduced to her I I I was with my grandmother at the Hershore Museum in Washington DC and she was having she had an exhibit there being displayed called One with Eternity which I wasn't able to go to because tickets were sold out because it was so popular but I remember my grandma was introduced me to her and I thought it was so interesting because that was like the first thing that I learned about her. My first encounter with Kusama's work was and this is what again sets me apart sets her apart from me from other artists I was given for my bat mitzvah a book of women female artists who changed the world and I used to read it before I went to bed every night because I just found it fascinating and the pictures really really drew me to their artwork and obviously I really look up to and idolize female artists because art is one of my huge passions and I really feel like they are paving the way for future artists who are female because it's a really difficult industry to go into as many people know so I was looking Mm. through this book and found this tiny tiny picture of Kusama's work which really does not do it justice. But mm-hmm. I was looking at this and I was like, I cannot imagine what this is like in real life because yeah. right now to me, it looks like a dark canvas <laughs> with lights in the middle. Yeah. And I had no idea how this was possible. 
little did I know that this was an entire room filled with lights and I'll come back to the infinity mirror rooms because I've seen them um but I was looking at this picture and I was absolutely fascinated and it stuck in my brain those core memories that you get in the movie um inside out mm -hmm. it's one of my core memories is looking at this book at probably the age of 14 so about four years ago and it's just wow. stuck looking at this page and being like wow I need to see this artist mm -hmm. and then I saw her name starting to pop up in the Tate Modern which is probably my second home I go there so often for my art research and things and I saw her name pop up and I was absolutely fascinated I was like this is the artist that I've been waiting to see and then before I knew it, this exhibition at the Infinity Mirror Rooms came to Tate and it was booked out for about half a year before mm -hmm. we could even think about booking tickets and they opened again. And I think it's still going on now after about a year because the demand is just so insanely high. Mm -hmm. So I eventually managed to book and we went and it was just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to exactly, I think probably later on in the podcast, exactly what it was like being inside her artwork. But mm -hmm. it was just like no other experience in the world mm -hmm. and she's also had recently in the turbine hall of the Tate Modern they have artists come and do huge exhibits and she recently exhibited and I went to go and visit by myself um, a huge it was originally a white set of rooms so she had like a living room and a bedroom and a playroom and they were just completely white so all the furniture the sofas there was a piano there was a football table the walls the beds everything was white and then she gave each visitor a sheet of stickers mm -hmm. and we were able to go and to put the stickers on her artwork. So by the time I went, it was absolutely multicolored. There were these stickers everywhere. You weren't allowed to make them leave the gallery, but sneaky, mm -hmm. sneaky little confession, one of the stickers got stuck to the bottom of my shoe. Oh. So I have one of them, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. It wasn't intentional. I'm not trying to steal Kusama's work, <laughs> but it was an amazing, amazing experience because it also felt like I was helping to make her artwork. Mm -hmm. so that was really unique. I think that's such an amazing quality of her signature style, which is the fact that you, as a viewer, as a visitor, feel a part of her work yeah. and the process, which I think is so incredible. Yeah, for sure. I remember you telling me about the that exhibit specifically, because that is, I think, when I think of Kusama, that's the first thing I think of. I don't know why. I've never, yeah. I've never been to that exhibit. I went to another one, but I, that's the first thing that comes to mind, because I think it's so, it's so unique. Yeah, exactly. nothing compares. No other artist, I don't think, has given the, the viewers the opportunity to influence their work so much. She mm -hmm. just created a blank canvas and said to her viewers, come and decorate it, and that's what we've done. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about what her mental health journey and how it influences her art? Yeah, so I'm obviously not an expert on the subject, but I wrote an essay for a psychology competition and won the competition on partly her yeah, mental Ella. health, which was... Um, absolutely fascinating to look into. So she suffers from schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is defined, for those of you who don't know, as a mental illness in which a person becomes unable to link thought, emotion and behaviour, leading to withdrawal from reality and personal relationships. And the characteristics of schizophrenia that most people are aware of are hallucinations and delusions, which mainly apply to acute schizophrenia. But chronic schizophrenia has longer lasting symptoms including abolition which is a loss of motivation and often derailment of thought and speech poverty as well which means that you're unable to um, form coherent speech you have limited speech and it's often repetitive so the the branch of schizophrenia which most applies to kusama is 
acute schizophrenia so she demonstrated these symptoms of hallucinations and delusions Mm -hmm. and this was really reflected in her work which she described as self-obliteration into a world suffused with dots Mm -hmm. um, basically reflecting how her schizophrenia presented itself in hallucinations of dots Mm -hmm. so for her instead of seeing hallucinations of some people for example might believe that they are being controlled by the government and those can be the hallucinations the delusions that affect them but for her it was very much she saw the world through shapes and things or mm-hmm. sees the world through shapes because she still suffers it mm-hmm. um, it's not completely curable although there are ways in which you can medicate yourself in order to manage the symptoms um, a huge I'm gonna do another plug like in the last episode an amazing movie which really epitomizes what it means and feels like to be a schizophrenic is a beautiful mind I don't know if you've seen it it's seen absolutely it. incredible about a mathematician who spoiler alert has schizophrenia that <laughs> might have spoiled the movie but it's incredible I really recommend everyone should go and watch it so yeah that will give a little bit of an insight for people who don't know anything about the condition into what it's like to experience it so for Kusama um, her mental health may- meant that she was unable to properly see the world and instead saw it through series of flashes of light auras and dense fields of dots um, which really influenced her work and you can see that in a lot of her work so she Mm -hmm. created a series of pumpkins which also are very centered around dots much of her work is very centered around dots the infinity mirror rooms as well they have dots of lights which go on forever i'll properly explain the concept afterwards but the obliteration room as well which was created in 2002 which is very similar to the concept of what I saw and participated in, adding the stickers to the to the furniture. All the stickers were circles, so again, it's reflecting the dots through her the, her vision of the world. So mm-hmm. it was taking quite a normal landscape of some rooms and putting on it this dot vision, mm-hmm. which potentially is how she sees the world. Obviously, we can't see the world through her eyes, but it's allowing her a little insight into her mind. Mm-hmm. In the research that I did in preparation for this episode, that was the one thing that I, one of the one things that I wrote down at that, I was listening to these podcasts about her, and I'm gonna link them too. Um, but at the age of ten, Kusama had her first hallucination, which she described as a dense field of dots, which is why polka dots are her trademark. Which is exactly what you said because it serves as heal like a healing way of healing for her yeah um not even such a way of healing i mean it's a way of healing for sure for her to express them through her art but the way that she sees the dots as well really allows other people to step inside her mind and see her Mm -hmm. the way that she sees the world Mm -hmm. one of the exhibits that i saw of hers i think it's the only actual exhibit i've seen is in the art gallery of ontario it was called let's survive forever and it was a mirrored room filled with these mirrored spheres and i remember like you were only allowed in it for a certain amount of time because obviously it was so it was very popular and I took a picture of the description because I thought it was very interesting the way that the little blurb introduced the exhibit so I'm gonna I'm gonna read that off because I think that it connects all with the mirror rooms and I want to hear what you have to say about it but let's survive forever 2017 is a representative of the visual language Kusama has been developing since the 1960s the mirrors produce her kaleidoscopic vision of infinity while the stainless steel orbs distort and replicate our reflections inside the mirror rooms sits a peep show like chamber filled with and surrounded by seemingly endless fields of silver spears kusama casts us the visitors as essential characters in this environment of her imagination challenging us to reflect on how we see ourselves in this world and beyond 
that hurts my brain to listen to. I can't imagine what this is like. If yeah. you don't see her work, you can't even begin to imagine. Even photos don't do it justice. It sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous that you got to see that, to be honest. No, I want to hear about the Infinity Mirror Rooms because I've never seen yeah. them in, in the it flesh. Was incredible so the main concept is that they have these infinity mirrors um if you don't know what they are i don't know exactly how they work but they mean that reflections go on forever so i don't know this is quite an obscure reference but in the shard i went to the toilet there and they had infinity mirrors on both sides so standing Mm -hmm. in a tiny toilet cubicle you can see your reflection Mm -hmm. reflecting forever and ever and ever into the distance Mm -hmm. which is Mm mind-blowing but imagine that and you're not seeing your reflection you're seeing loads of lights which are hung from the ceiling of the room little fairy lights changing color and they are going on forever reflected by Mm -hmm. the infinity mirrors it was just phenomenal and you're standing within them so you are just surrounded by an endless field of lights Mm -hmm. and it was just incredible the colors were changing so it was going to a purpley mood and then it was becoming orange and the thing that was really really startling to me as well was the fact that you couldn't see where you were going but you had to make your way through the room so they had Mm -hmm. little water pools on the side next to the path which you walk through and you're just walking through this infinitesimal landscape which is probably quite dangerous to be within because you don't know where the actual boundaries are you don't know where the physical mirrors are placed mm-hmm. but we had to walk through it so you get a different perspective of the room as you walk through taking mirror selfies trust yeah. me this is a new level of mirror selfies yeah, by the way. it's incredible so i will absolutely never ex- never forget this experience mm-hmm. if anyone is able to get down to london and to see the infinity mirror rooms it has to be booked months in advance but believe That's me so it crazy. is worth it And the rest of the exhibition was really great as well, though we had a ton of stuff. Another of the exhibitions, which I've got here, which I'm showing Ollie a picture of, was they had chandeliers hanging from the ceilings, and again, this infinity thing. So they were spinning around, and there were lights flashing, which made it look like lightning, and these chandeliers were just hanging forever and ever and ever. So it was insanely cool. And you're just walking through, you're walking around it, and the chandeliers are huge and brilliant and absolutely glorious to see, but they reflect forever and ever and it's got a kind of watery quality the way that it reflects from Mm -hmm. the bottom as well because it does look like there's this infinitesimal watery it's reflecting horizontally and vertically at the same time which is you can't imagine it you can't begin to imagine it Mm -hmm. so that was one of the exhibits which really stood out for me and then they had a load of the infinity mirror rooms which were really really beautiful Mm -hmm. and another amazing thing is her photography so Kusama often she's a very theatrical artist she doesn't just make her work and stand back from it and Mm -hmm. she often immerses herself in the work and there are photos of her doing this so she'll wear clothes covered in dots and she'll wear the wigs there's a really Mm -hmm. iconic photo of her which if people know anything about her they probably will have seen of her in a very red wig red wig yeah exactly Um, and the dot is white and red outfit and that's just her becoming her artwork again so it's not just that she's immersing her viewers she's also immersing herself into the artwork which Mm is really really incredible and very unique Mm -hmm. so that was those and then there was one where she went around London I think it was um, and went around in her Asian clothes Um, I can't remember the exact meaning and I didn't take a photo of the placard next to it but it was really interesting to see her self-expression and the way that she was really confidently expressing herself mm-hmm. and her cultural identity in a city which wouldn't which created a very stark difference mm-hmm. from her 
cultural Asian identity. Mm-hmm. So those were the pieces that particularly stood out for me in this exhibition, which was just amazing, as I've said. Yeah. So incredible. Was there any information about how many chandeliers or lights there were in the exhibit? I'm not sure exactly, but it can't have been that many. It just looks like... A billion, yeah. A billion, yeah. It's so crazy because... It's ridiculous. I remember one... This is just a funny little story. My, one of my family friends used to have this bathroom and all four, four of the walls were mirrors. Yeah. And I remember me and my cousins when we were little and we would go over to their house. We would just go in the bathroom and dance in the mirrors because <laughs> like, it just looks like there's so... It's just so that crazy. That was me in the shop yeah. bathroom as well. I looked ridiculous. Yeah. But. <laughs> got to do that it's yeah. just amazing it's the so concept is it's incredible going. it's i'm looking at the like i'm ella's showing me the pictures right now it's insane you need a if you don't go there you need to look it up because it's that reminds me of inside out that picture yeah because of like all the colored yeah, dots the colors. it's incredible they're white and red and blue and green and they're all just combining together to make this endless landscape but backed with this deep deep black because they're completely dark this, yeah. these rooms except for the white yeah the, the colored lights illuminating that's it was just amazing incredible so how big was the actual room itself the room itself was probably I, I don't know measurements really well but probably about 10 feet by 10 foot maximum it was wow. small that is small and it often also rectangular massive. so you yeah. walk through it fire a path i remember one of them had like an uh lightning shaped kind of paths that went straight and then turned and then straight again and you had to work out where you were stepping it was really difficult to know where you're stepping and then yeah. like if you step in water then you're going the wrong way well, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was the shape of one of them but you just can't tell walking into it what you're doing it yeah. was quite honestly terrifying mm-hmm. but i'd love to take a book in there and read and see oh my I god i read in one of kusama's infinity mirror rooms but again your time yeah because they have such a high demand so they need people to get out within two minutes or mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah yeah it was a crazy two minutes of like yeah ah, i want to take it in but i want to yeah. take photos yeah just... no that feeling that that's yeah. how i felt too i went to this museum i don't even know if you would consider it a museum i think it was a museum they had a bunch of installations of different types of things like they had this very like it was a very immersive museum and it's called the super blue in miami mm-hmm. and i was just thinking because I remember going to this crazy mirrored room and I was thinking like maybe it has some sort of connection to Kusama it does not it's by this artist named S. Devlin and he is he designs a large-scale performative sculptures so now that it was just like because that I was kind of thinking of that Mm. but that was huge that was massive like stairwells of mirrors but that like I can't imagine like it looks huge from the picture but it's Tem- it's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. They're really small. And that's it's the simplicity of it, but then the complex outlook of it. It kind of reflects her mental health in the way that to other people maybe it looks like she's having a simple time through life, but then you go inside her mind and it's so complicated mm-hmm. that this small space like the room has the small space of her mind mm-hmm. has the potential to hold such a complicated and infinitesimal and just beyond human understanding even. Mm-hmm landscape of colors and dots and things it's absolutely incredible to think about but so crazy yeah i'm gonna go into some of her history based off of the few podcasts and research that i did there's i'm gonna link it there's also this youtube video which was like i think it was like 50 minutes and it was under the channel of great art explained and it was very it was very easy and simple to understand and i suggest everyone watches it because it's 15 minutes out of your day ella if you have any more information interject me at any point okay please (laughs) um so from the research that i've done i learned that kusama was born in japan in 1929 to a 
wealthy family, her mother, and I'm not really sure if her father too, but it specifically mentioned how her mother was very abusive mm-hmm. and she kind of wanted out. And I, as you said before, at the age of 10, she had her hallucinations of the dense field of thoughts, which we were speaking about before. And at the age of 12, during Japan's entry into the war, she, like, to the world war, she would sell military parachutes in textile factories, which is a skill she would use later on because not only does she create these rooms, but she has soft sculptures too, which I've never seen. Have you seen any of them? No. I've seen pictures, but I have never seen them in the flesh because I I haven't seen a lot of her work, but... I just thought that was really cool the way that she was using that knowledge from prior. Kusama was specifically stunned by O'Keeffe's floral paintings, as well as the fact that she was a woman and her achievements as a woman, especially because, as you were saying, like it's, it's, it's hard now to be a a female artist, but even more so in that time period. O'Keeffe is one of my favorite artists. Again, it was one of the first exhibitions that I went to that I properly felt that I connected to art. Really. yeah, I, I guess we'll have another episode to do. The fact that they are a power, yeah. a power squad together is just the best. Yeah, we'll have to do another episode on her because yeah. they have a lot to say too. Um, but in the 1950s, she moved to New York to pursue art. And she was in the abstract expressionism kind of field, right? Yeah. Her specific style went completely against Jackson Pollock's interpretation of abstract expressionism because he was very much so abstract like when I think abstract I think Jackson Pollock the splatter paint and kind of that and hers her work is very I don't want to say it's meticulous but it's very what's the word it's careful it's a lot less spontaneous yes exactly it's It's very exactly so I think it's very interesting to see the spectrum of artists on the abstract expressionism and how the way how they express express themselves jeez um her sculptures were specifically considered radical for a female in general but also an artist because she juxtaposed the theme of humor and sexuality which i heard this in the episode and i thought it was interesting but i don't really understand how do you have any idea there were there were definitely some ways in which she was making her work seem kind of comical and clown-like so her putting on this red wig and things that Mm -hmm. makes it look particularly like humorous and easygoing and light-hearted but there was often often a lot of also nudity and things that she would bring into her work so I guess that's probably Mm -hmm. what they're referencing in the way that she she often also posed nude in her own work Mm -hmm. which was a very brave move particularly for a female artist Mm -hmm. so that's probably the fact that she was sometimes clown-like and sometimes sexual themes are brought in by her yeah into her own artwork that's probably what they're going for okay that makes sense i didn't know that you learned something new um and in 1973 she returned to japan and in 1977 she checked herself into a psychiatric hospital and has lived there ever since which i think is so strong that she was able to do that yeah that's huge that's incredible powerful yeah and she I've, i've written in my essay here um, that she also used her work as a kind of self-therapy, so as well as using the hospital as therapy for her mental illness, she's using her artwork as a kind of therapy, and that's what she said herself. Mm-hmm. So It's also incredible because she's still producing work. Yeah, even from the hospital, yeah, she is, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously still exhibiting around the world, mm-hmm. as we've seen, and as the Tate is continuing to exhibit again and again, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. And people are continuing to really be touched by the impact of her artwork which is just incredible Mm -hmm. so 
Her mental illness hasn't stopped her. In fact, it's probably pushed her further than she ever could have gone before, which, which is, is interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. One of the episodes that I'm going to link I thought was very interesting. It, it was an episode on the podcast called Dialogues, David Zwirner podcast. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm going to link it. And it's called the Yayoi Kusama Phenomenon. And it was a very interesting episode because it was it was about art in the Instagram age because she's very much so her art is very picturesque and as you're saying like we have two minutes in the exhibit and all you want to take it in but you also like want to take pictures of it because of how amazing it is yeah. and I think that this episode it didn't necessarily reference Yayoi Kusama's work as much as it did talk about how people go the museum going experience in the Instagram age which I thought was also interesting and I definitely worth listening to for anyone who's interested so I'm going to link that too um I'm just interested by the fact that I didn't know that she came from an abusive family Mm -hmm. but that's really really interesting to see and particularly a lot of artists Mm -hmm. how they came from families where they had trauma in their youth and as upsetting as it is the artwork that she's able to create really could have reflected the fact that she experienced this trauma there is this relationship between schizophrenia and trauma in the past it can Mm -hmm. be very much one of the things that leads to schizophrenia's trauma in the past mm-hmm. and there are specific types of family traumas as well which are said to lead to schizophrenia for example the schizophrenogenic mother so if a mother is really cold and unaffectionate um then that can often lead to schizophrenia wow. or was thought to lead to schizophrenia in the 40s it was mm-hmm. something that we learned hugely about in school um but that's as much as it really held her back in in the early stages of her life it probably hugely allowed her to advance herself and to really develop her artwork and step beyond the bubble of what regular not regular people but but beyond the bubble of what other people in the population are able to explore and think because they haven't had these experiences Mm -hmm. and I've seen it in other examples the supervisor of my internship is a phenomenal artist she's uh, currently I'm interning in Israel with a woman who is an Israeli artist who works in she's starting to set up an art studio but she's done lots of her own work as well as her own right Mm -hmm. and she's got this newspaper article up in her house about her past trauma and how she grew from it and the fact that she's proudly displaying it on a corridor in her house which I've seen that is just amazing um, I'm a bit scared that she's going to listen to this, although I'm not going to send it to her directly, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Abby Girl, if you're listening, I know that you had a very traumatic past, but <laughs> you... <laughs> I mean, the newspaper article says it all, yeah. but it's incredible how you've reached new things, and I really admire that, so... So, yeah. a round of applause for Abby Girl and for Yoyoi Kusama for taking their trauma and creating something out of it. Yeah, for sure. I just had the idea that we need to make a a series on female artists. Yes. Next, Georgia O'Keeffe. Yes. So stay tuned. And thank so you excited. for listening. Thank you. <laughs>